let the universe hear what you want this year so you can have it. Welcome to the Create Your Best Year podcast with your host, Clara Angelina Diaz Anderson. In this podcast, we help you to find and receive what you want this year, give you tips, stories, and interviews of what others are doing to create their best year. Welcome. Okay. You're okay. I want to make sure I say I send the, this to um, my followers. I just wanted to make sure okay. folks can see it on my Instagram. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Happy Friday. It's Friday today, and it's Memorial Day weekend, and we are here joining joined by Liz, the one and only, <laughs> the one of one, Liz Miranda, Massachusetts State Senator. My goodness. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm going to do in true Dudley Street fashion, I am going to put on my lip because you got to have a good lip. Let's do and it. See, one second, I'm going to reposition my camera so that okay. everyone can see us. And if you could tell my folks, uh, actually, what we'll be doing for the next 30 to 45 minutes. I'd love that while I do that. All right. A good lip. I have um, I have my good lip stuff right here. I have my, <laughs> my two lipsticks. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, Liz and I um, have been wanting to come live and have a conversation with folks for a while. Um, so I'm really excited that she carved out the time so that we can have a conversation on, man, I, I want to know all things Liz. How did Liz get to become a state senator and doing all the amazing things that she's doing? Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, thank you. Liz will be right back. She is repositioning her camera and putting on her lips, and she will be right back with us. And for those of you who are just joining, thank you. Uh, I am Clara Angelina Diaz. I am a executive leadership coach. I am a professor now at Harvard University teaching um, leadership coaching strategies. I am a published author. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion, belonging, anti-racism champion. Um, so thank you, thank you for joining us. Here she is. All right, that's what I'm talking about. And if, if everyone loves this red lip, it is by a black woman locally, uh, Jace Beauty. Um, she is my makeup artist, my go-to makeup artist, and she created this lip stain that is so good it doesn't want to come off. Um, so it's really good. And I just want to start before I want to say just two things. Um, before we begin. One is uh, I want folks that are on my timeline to know how we met. And when we met, I was a woman who was working a job. Um, my brother had been recently killed. I, I was in a nonprofit leadership class and I thought I had my dream job. And you were coaching me through some of the things about what did I want? And now, five years later, six years later, I'm a state senator. But 
I didn't know um, where I was going personally or professionally. And I just wanted to share that with people because I think sometimes folks think that we arrive at places knowing what we want and working hard to do those things when actually sometimes it's like divine intervention. Um, my brother's loss totally changed my life. It paralyzed me. It made me feel uncomfortable. So I won't say more because I think we'll get into that. Yeah. But I just want folks to know that how much I value you because you came into my life at a time where sometimes just asking the question forced me to become a different person. The second thing is because thank I'm- you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that to start with. Oh my goodness, I am about to get teary-eyed. But um... hey, you created the book, and you know, I was just like looking to you, being honest and authentically you about. You don't have to have all the answers, right? No. So that's the first thing. The second thing, I think sometimes folks think because we have these titles, we don't have bad days or bad moments. And I want to make clear that today, even though I, I probably look better than I feel that it's not a great day for me. I am uh, going through a bunch of stuff personally and uh, have been really troubled by um, some relationships that I, I have professionally and watching, um, just to be honest, uh, US Attorney Rollins is my friend and you know it feels like, like you know, a really, tough time I know for her but for folks of us who are in also black women in leadership we don't feel safe you know it feels very very hard and so today I just want to say I'm gonna rock this out with you but I want folks on our both of our timelines to know that like we're gonna be talking about really positive things but that doesn't that doesn't remove us from the realities of of being black women and Latino women um, who are trying to figure this life thing out and just going through so much. So I just want to hold that space for that. And then I'll shut up and I'm ready for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much, Liz, for, um, for this time and for setting us up in this way for this conversation because that is what my work is truly all about, Liz. Um, where does this, where does this um, desire to want to uplift people of color come from for me I mean I think it's just is divinely given when you and I um, reconnected uh, and you were in the nonprofit space and you know I was like I I think at that at that point I was at a, at a place where I said you know I'm just gonna start helping everybody I know I'm gonna let every single person I know know that I have this ability to coach and the power of the question and, and the um, possibilities that that can open up for you. And I still, I have that email saved, um, Liz. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, saving. <laughs> no, listen, I have it. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing because I remember asking you like, okay, so what's the next step you're going to take? You said you want to run for office and you were like, I, I don't like, I don't even think you responded back to me. But then I just started seeing things all over the place. I was like, oh my God, she's taking action. Like, she's doing it. I mean, that's what you've always been about, Liz, because 
people also need to know that prior to Liz and I connecting over coaching, we went to the same high school. And that's Tiger. Oh, if we have anybody from that went to the John D. O'Brien, yes. And um, who you were back then, um, and and who I was back then, there's still you know that that essence of community building and bringing people together and being able to do it in in such a sophisticated way in which you know you're doing it um, at the Massachusetts as a Massachusetts state. Senator, my goodness, you know, and, and, and the work that I do as a, a coach and, and as a professor and as an entrepreneur, as a social entrepreneur, um, is available to all of us. It's available. Um, and so, Liz, tell me, like, wh where does that, like, the, the seat of leadership kind of, wh where, where does that come from for you? What do you, you know, saying, like, I will be first, like, I will get this started. I will start this fire. I'm going to be the one. Where, where does this come from? Um, so for the folks that are, are on my timeline, um, we are talking about the power of the question and, and women's leadership and thinking about how do you actually create a better life for yourself? And so I want to answer that in three ways. Um, I think it comes first from being a girl who grew up with not much in a family where my my mom was a teen immigrant mom where i grew up in a neighborhood that up until age 13 i just wanted to escape um you know i grew up in a neighborhood that felt different looked different i tell this story about how my grandmother used to watch novellas she didn't speak spanish but spanish was the closest thing to cape verdean criollo and to portuguese and I would watch these novellas because my mom worked 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days as a cook. And she's still a cook in Boston hotels. Um, because my mom was a young mother, I was with my grandmother and her sisters. And I want to say rest in peace. And I might get emotional too because... Um, okay. I don't really good therapy session this morning so i really like Shout out to therapy y'all because it helps um but my tia natalia my tia ida and my grandmother um they were tough cookies and they were the old cape Verdean women that had all these rules um but they took care of me and they made me safe and they cooked for me and they taught me criollo and uh, they talked about the stories of growing up in Cape Verde. And, and I was growing up as this sort of rebellious uh, teenager. Um, but before I was a rebellious teenager, I was just a little girl, like, really. You were muted. You muted. Oh, here we go. Oh, sorry. How do I unmute? No, you're back. You're back. You're good. Some of y'all are calling me. Don't call me right now. I'm doing something really important. But I say this because I grew up on Dudley Street, but there was so much love in my community. There was so much love in my mother's side of the family. But there were things that I was dealing with. I grew up in a neighborhood right next to Orchard Park Housing Development, and our neighborhood was disinvested in. The crack epidemic was happening all around us. Um, I walked through the projects almost every day to go to Dudley, now Nubian Square. 
I'd go to my appointments uh, and my grandmother's appointments. We would walk to BMC. We would take the orange line and then it was elevated. Like there was so much about this community that was both hopeful, but yet still full of harm. And I think as I got older and I started getting involved in community organizations like Nubian Roots and the Orchard Park Teen Center and Teen Empowerment and the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA and Vine Street and Bird Street. Like I did that out of necessity. Uh, my mom worked and so I wanted to be safe. And so I got involved with these youth organizations really to not go home to be with my grandmother and her sisters, but also um, to feel safe between two o'clock and six, seven, eight o'clock. And in oh. those organizations, taught me a different narrative because before 13, I I felt, I was ashamed. Like, you know, I was ashamed that, you know, people treated us differently because we lived in Roxbury and people treated us differently because my mom was a teen mom. People treated us differently and me specifically because I was browner than most people in my family. People treated me differently. Um, because my dad wasn't in my life. And um, eventually my father and my oldest brother would be incarcerated and then deported. So I think that the reason that I try to show up for other people, and I think the reason that I kind of got into leadership is because I wanted to show people that you could feel the fear and do it anyway. Uh -huh. You could be... Um, thrown a lot of bricks. That's why brick by brick was like my theme in my race um, because I've had to do so much of that in my own personal life to be able to show up after heartache or to show up after abuse or to show up after harassment or to show up uh, through racial injustice and economic injustice or to show up as a daughter of a teen immigrant mom. So we belong to and we're worthy and enough too and so i want folks to know that like i didn't run for senate or run for state rep because i thought i knew everything or that i thought that i was deserving of everything i just wanted to show up for the people that i loved and for the community that i loved and i think i was tired and stressed out about how people looked at people like us you know uh -huh, uh -huh. we are imperfectly perfect to lead with our community so um thank you for that email thank you for that question i think i was just probably too busy but when we had the conversation in my apartment years ago i i think i was so scared of what god was calling me to do because i I wanted to be who I wanted to be. I had a plan. And at the time, I was coming out of years of being a nonprofit youth worker and a promoter and a radio personality. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach other people how to start businesses. I wanted to do radio. I wanted to continue doing events. And I don't know if you remember this. You know, at that time, I'm like, it was crazy because, you know, my events weren't hitting anymore. You know, it was like, I wasn't on radio anymore. 
I, I wasn't, I had moved to New York City and came back because I kind of failed at like what I thought was what was for me. So I say all of that to say that there were three lessons learned that I think have led me uh, to now being a whole state senator, which I just want to say to the people of Second Suffolk is one of my great honors. And I want to work with them because I don't have a magic wand. I don't have all the answers, but I want them to know that I am showing up for them like I would show up for my family and for myself. So the first is do it scared. Do it scared. Do it scared. Two, make time to listen. I don't know what faith traditions people have. I was always, I was raised Catholic, Christian now, but I don't go to church all the time. But the thing that I have learned is to listen to what the universe is telling you. Um, because sometimes it's in direct opposition to what you think your life is supposed to be like. Um, and the third thing is I want folks to know that they are worthy, that they're enough and they belong. And that is something I say to myself every day. And I say it to myself every day because there's still spaces where I don't feel like myself, like that I don't belong. I walk into a building where there's old portraits of white men dating back to the 1700s. And there's only one portrait of a black person, and that is Governor Deval Patrick. And that is in the oh. government. Everything else, uh, except for two bus of black suffragists, is white, and it's male. And it's of the dominant history of what our commonwealth and our country is. And neither you or I, or most of the people listening in are part of that. So. That's why I think I make a good leader is because I'm imperfect and I listen and I'm teachable. And I think those are things that all people in leadership should do. Yeah, and you also took your personal experience, you know, the whatever life threw at you and you said, I'm gonna show up imperfectly. So, you know, I'm gonna feel the fear, I'm gonna show up anyway. And I resonate with that so deeply because once I realized Liz that my difficulties do not dim my brilliance I was like all right it's game over because just like you I was like wait a minute like I I too feel shame that like I don't speak English perfectly because English is my second language because my parents my, my father didn't go to college you know like all these things that given the, the right context we could literally take our pain and turn it into our power and our fuel and that's once I realized like okay wait like I'm amazing because despite all these obstacles and having social awareness of how the system is rigged <laughs> um, many times against immigrants women of color like I, I am at the margin and I am still doing doing good stuff in the world helping people helping you know doing my part oh my god I'm, I'm, I'm amazing so i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna run with that but that took um that took a while and that's um, important for you to say that because you don't have to be perfect to lead you don't, and you don't have to be perfect to serve and a lot of times people forget that leadership is service 
You know, you are elected or appointed or self-appointed or you've been given an opportunity to lead people, whether you're a supervisor at a store or a supermarket or whether you're a teacher or whether you're an elected official or whether you're a life coach like you, it's okay to be imperfect. And I think in both of our stories, it shows, this is why I say to people to feel the fear and do it anyway, because we're so scared to show up. And then these people have this confidence and they are serving in their capacity and they don't care that they've made mistakes. You know, they don't, no, they don't. care that, you know, that they did something that was wrong. You know, they're still showing up and being like, I, I'm going to take this position while we are sitting back in our places being like, oh, my God, I made this mistake. I dated the wrong person or I sent the wrong tweet or I grew up in a neighborhood that people talk about badly. Like our father didn't go to college. I don't speak English well. And we're always so afraid. But these other people are taking up the spaces that um, are taking up the spaces that I think we could do better in. And so I really thank you for bringing me to that space. And I never, and I, I told you this personally, but I didn't say it publicly. Like after you left, I kept asking myself the question, like, like who do you want to be? Like, do you really want to do this? Your dream job was to run a community center and you're running a community center and you wanted to be on radio you had five years of success on radio you wanted to be a promoter and an event producer and eventually you beat all the men and and there wasn't a lot of women but like you did that and you conquered that like is there something here that you're afraid to do that maybe you're being called to do because none of this other stuff was working it, hey, it, like, take us to church this is literally a coaching session for everyone. Everyone needs to be asking themselves this question right now. Who do you want to be? And who, like, who are you afraid to be that you're being called to be? I mean, we could, that, that could just be the question for the rest of our lives. Can you just put that in the chat? Because I think people need to understand. I didn't even know I said that. But like, who are you afraid to be but being called to be? Who are you afraid to be but being called to be? And that one thing tormented me. You know, I, I want to share a story. So in 20, 2019, no, not 20, 2009, I'm going to go way back. So in 2009, I was in a long-term relationship that ended, and I began to date someone that passed away. Hmm. Um, he died on a motorcycle. And I had these two moments of heartbreak. So one morning, this long-term relationship with probably the love of my life. And then mourning someone that was new to me that was um, really a great person. And also 2009, I get on radio and I begin working for Boston's hot. B87. And I felt like I poured everything. Um, and even in pouring everything, those two years from 2009 and 2011 was such a blur. I think I worked myself to death. I tried a bunch of different 
things. I was like, what am I doing? Like half of my friends were like, Liz, why, like Liz, why are you doing promotions and radio when you, you have all these other skills? You went to Wellesley, you went to MIT, like, what are you doing? And I was just like, stuck. Stuck between being Lizzie from Roxbury and Miss L.I.Z. and being who other people saw me to be. So in 2011, I decided I'm going to go to New York City. And I had been promised these opportunities um, to work for a major company in entertainment. And I moved everything to Brooklyn, New York. And I had saved all this money. And I get to New York, the job falls through. Um, people were ridiculing me here in Boston, like, watch, you'll come back. Uh, but they, I guess they were just mad that I, they could no longer hit me or use me uh, to build their, their companies and entities. And they were right. I did eight months. I spent all my money. I was broke. Um, but I was happy I did it, so I had to come back home. And I came back home, and I knew I, I was not okay enough to get into a job. So my friend, Ancy, owned a print shop. And I was like, let me help you. I know, Ancy. Ancy did all my marketing. Um, 24 hours. Studio 24. Studio 24. And, yeah. And, 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 and I... And Martin. I went to work with him and it was like the best year of my life, you know, but then people were talking about that Liz is a secretary and they were clowning me. And, you know, huh. I wouldn't regret that space because one, it was humbling, but two, I was able to help my family, my friend, you know, and then he was able to help me and I made no money. And I started another job teaching entrepreneurship at Bunker Hill. And I got back on radio. And that year really changed my life. And I share that with people because um, I thought I had a plan. Zigzags, the zigzags of life. <laughs> I thought I had a plan. I was someone that always was a hustler and financially um had it going on and here was a point a point where i was literally answering phones and helping people at my friend's business and then tracking it to bunker hill to teach entrepreneurship just to share with people about all the things that i learned about being in business that you can't find in a textbook but i bounced back and after that year, I, I had dream jobs and I had more opportunities, but that was my season of, of demise. It was my season of like picking myself up from like what they say now, from the mud. And, you know, 12 years later, I'm the first Cape Verdean woman to be a senator in a legislature anywhere in the country and in Massachusetts. Okay. 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 But okay. I would would not be climbing the mountain if I didn't go through the valley. And this is so important because I struggle. I even asked one of my homegirls, I'll never forget this story. I said to her, I was like, yo, 
oh, like my life is ruined. And she's like, your life is ruined. Your life is just beginning, you know? And I was just like, yo, you know, I, I lost two people that I loved. I lost all my money. I had to come back and, and be humbled. But in that space, I think I had nothing else to do but listen. Mm. And I told her, I said, I don't think I even know how to pray, you know? And I, you know, she was like, all you have to do in prayer is just talk to God. Like, there's no right way to pray. Mm -hmm. and, and I was in my house, and I'll never forget this. It was awkward. I, like, got on my knees, and I was like, all right. Yo, God, I, like, you know, I, I think this is how I do this. But, mm -hmm. you know, this is your daughter, and I'm struggling. And I am struggling because... I want to be this person, but you keep keep pushing me to do something else. And I don't know what to do. So I'm asking you for discernment. I'm asking you for determination. I'm asking you to lead me because I'm going to listen. And so I did all of that, but I still, still didn't go where I think he wanted me to go because I was fighting it. I was fighting it because I was just like, really? Could it be me? And then when Michael was killed, mm. I felt so much shame and stigma because I was like, I couldn't save my own little brother. Mm. And I, I, it sat with me and it like eroded me, it paralyzed me. And that's sometimes what we need in life to be at a place where folks are like, and your pain, actually leads you to your purpose and so i wanted to share that story because there's sometimes when women come up to me and they say well you're amazing mm -hmm. and i was like well you're too and mm -hmm. they're like you're dope and you've been through so much and you just kept climbing but i didn't do that alone and frankly if it was up to me i wouldn't be where i am right now because i was too afraid i was too I was too afraid to be who God called me to be. And I was too afraid to be the woman that I actually had dreamed of. Because maybe I didn't think I deserved it. Maybe I didn't think that it was meant for me. Um, but I was in so much pain about, like, me not being there. You know, I know I couldn't save my brother because I wasn't there that night. But there was a part of me that felt like, no other family could go through this and what are you going to do about it? So, so along the way about, about those stories, because I remember when you sat with me, you had this journaling exercise where you were asking me questions and those questions were painful and they were hard, um, but they've led me to a more fulfilled life. Um, but I want people to know that like, I don't know if I'll be a Senator forever. Um, but, Liz, who was at Studio 24, answering phones and making sure people got their flyers. And, you know, I want to thank my friend Ansi publicly for that because he gave me stability at a time where I was just coming back to kind of figure things out. It's still worthy. It still should be loved and protected and respected as Liz the senator, right. you know? It's 12 years a part of my life story, but they both have made me who I am, you know, so. Yeah, 
Liz, Hopefully I think somebody who's listening. Listen, we have a whole 12 people listening right now. And no, when you see 12, it's actually like 120. I've learned that okay. the wrong way. <laughs> because a lot of people don't show up on like viewing it, you know? So we're, we got an audience. Oh, we, we got, got an audience and we're going to have an audience because this is going to be um, also posted on my podcast, um, the Create Your Best Year podcast. There's so many things that you mentioned, Liz, you know, around um, when, when people look at, you know, we're, we are, we're talking about leadership and how do you come to a place of power and what is that, right? And in the conversation that Liz and I had, um, when she was just thinking about the idea of becoming, um, of going into public service. And I asked Liz the question, we had a, a coaching session and she, um, it, she lived the question. That's literally what you did is you lived, there's a, there's a term called living the question, right? The question of who are you? Who do you, you want to be? What are you being called to be that you're afraid of? And you are the living example of what it means to actually answer that question, to do it afraid, to be open to getting help, right? To turning your, your shame, your pain, the bricks that life throws at you and like literally building, not just for yourself, but building for others like yourself. And I mean, I know people tell you this all the time, Liz, but my goodness, you know, like the example that you're setting, you know, it's like you, you are one, but you come as freaking thousands. Right. And so um, it, it just gives me chills. And I am, you know, when you're talking about the power of the question and my personal mission Liz is to help people awaken to the idea that they are powerful and that they don't have to have the answers but that if you engage the right question of yourself of the universe of God of whatever the, the higher power of your understanding is just that question alone is going to start making shifts and you know for and me I, I, I I want everybody to have that power. That is so important. So for a long time, you know, I'd, I'd eat these expensive dinners or go out with my friends or take these trips or buy these clothes. And I never questioned the expense of those things. But I want to encourage anyone who's listening to me to be reminded that you should invest the same amount on you that you you should spend the same amount in you that you put on you and a lot of times i hear people say well i don't need a life coach i don't need a class i don't need to go back to school or i don't need you know to take this webinar or i don't need to read this book i want to encourage you guys to always think about this because we all can learn something by the relationships we have with other people and so investing in reading your book or investing in a life coach, or a less, uh, investing in listening to a podcast that is not about gossip, but about improving an area of your life will change your Literally 30 minutes a day, listening or reading or learning something different will change your life. You will not be in the same place in a year. You just won't, right? And, you know, at first, I was thinking like to myself, like I've done this twice where I've hired a life coach and I'd be like, oh, do I really want to spend the hundreds of dollars? 
But then I was like, I just went to Ruth Chris, you know? I, I just went to Sheen and bought a bunch of stuff or I invested in a black owned business. I think this idea is like, we always just remind yourself, you cannot do it alone. Alone is enough to do it afraid, but all of us need people to invest in your toolbox. And so I would encourage folks who are listening, whether it's you or someone else, to one, spend 30 minutes a day doing something for yourself, whether that's reading, you know, listening to a podcast, meeting with a therapist, uh, meeting with a life coach, it'll change your life. The second thing is for folks to know that like when you're talking about the bricks, and I just want to spend a moment here about bricks. When I put brick by brick, so many people were like, you know, because it's not very traditional political speak. It's like right? brick by brick. What is that? What, is, what do you so, mean? Oh, so it was like really three things. One, I'm from the hood, like, and bricks have always been around me. And I always thought about, like, the ways in which people are devalued when they come from the inner city. But actually, everything that got me to this point, more than Wellesley, more than MIT, more than whatever classes I've taken, have been because I was, I was learning grit and determination and resiliency being from this built environment, right? Your so I wanted, nod, I wanted a nod to, to the neighborhood, right? The concrete, the roses that grow through the concrete, like Tupac said, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that like sidewalks and brick buildings have always been in my life. The second thing was I've, I've had my fair share of bricks being thrown at me and feeling like, you know, like they're thrown at you and you're yeah, not sure what to do. But some of them hit. Some of them hit. You don't miss every brick or stone thrown at you. And you can decide what to do with those bricks being thrown at you, you know? And so once I decided to stop feeling bad about myself or being victimized and staying in that victim mode and being like, nah, I'm a survivor and actually picking up the bricks that were thrown at me that fell or choosing to feel when the brick hit me, my life totally changed, right? I wasn't running. I'm not running from nothing. I'm not running from anyone. Like, okay, what does this brick mean, right? So is there truth in this brick? Have I done something that, that wasn't favorable? You know, wasn't good. Okay, pick the brick up, okay? Feel the brick. And the third thing that bricks symbolize I was reading Will's book. Uh, 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 what's oh my God? I'm blanking out. Jada's husband. Okay. The Will Smith. Will Smith. Book. Sorry. <laughs> um, the entanglements. No, mm -hmm. I read his autobiography, and he brought up a story about laying a brick a day. Yes. So many times we want to scale a wall, or build a wall, or build a building, or build a life, but that doesn't happen unless you lay a brick. Uh, day right and so reading his story about his father and him laying the brick and i was thinking to myself like you know i want to be a senator but i'm not there yet but what can i do every day for these 10 
Yeah, it's just called Will. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but it was about Will Smith. Thank and you. And the idea is like, I was like, okay, I could do that though. I could do one thing a day that's going to bring me closer to this goal and mind you i'm scared i don't know if this is going to happen for my life right uh -huh. but uh -huh. i trusted myself enough to say the bricks being thrown at me the bricks that um hit the bricks that i am actually building they all could build a wall right you know it's not going to be a perfect wall but it's going to be a sturdy wall because it's a real wall right and the last thing the reason why i chose brick by brick is i'm here because of Marie St. Fleur, or Diane Wilkerson, or Gloria Fox, or Dorothy Height, or all the, Barbara Jordan, Fannie Lou Hamer, like, there's so many women of color and Black women who did this scared a year ago, 20 years ago, 200 years ago. And so I kept thinking to myself, like, I'm standing on their shoulders, but I used a different kind of phrase. You know, I'm a hip-hop generation. Standing I was like, brick. can I stand on the bricks that they've already laid? Yes. I have to start from scratch. Like, there's a lesson in every woman's leadership for you. And I know there's a bunch of brothers here, and I'd encourage you to think about women throughout history that their lesson in leadership, like... What was it that they endured or they did or they specialized in that you could take from? You might not take their whole story, but I always, so the brick by brick thing, I already told you, like, I really want a podcast too. And I've been thinking a lot about, like, what is it? The, I was thinking maybe it's the bricks um, because there's always, like, a lesson in a brick. So. I I like brick by brick, but you know, that's a separate conversation. But you, you know, I, I love that you're telling people to take 30 minutes out of your day. Um, that's extremely ambitious, of course, 30 minutes a day to pour into yourself, listen to a podcast, read a book, do something positive. Um, I want to recommend my podcast to create your best year podcast. Um, wow. Yes. And we have um, listeners from all all over the world and I'm so excited to really bring this message of like what does it mean to intentionally create your year and so in that spirit oh, that's okay. a minute, in that spirit <laughs> Liz what, are, what does that mean to you to create your best year um, so right now what it means to me and I'm giving people the permission to understand that like you can pivot, right? I used to always write my goals, and then when I didn't accomplish them, I'd be like, oh my God, I failed, right? But no, like, I still don't have a driver's license. Like, for example, that's like a lifelong goal of mine. I'm like, traveled around the world, and I'm like, I just gotta get it done, right? So what it means for me is giving myself the permission to pivot, um, to continuously be designing the person I wanna be and the life I wanna live. And that means I could switch. I give myself permission to be like, you know, this is what I thought. The third, the thing that I'm struggling in is my self-care. And my, my role in my job requires me to be gone a lot. And we just finished budget week and I'm super happy that I've been able to give $500,000 to 12 deserving organizations, $500,000 to Benjamin Franklin Institute, Franklin Cummings Institute now, you know, working 
$500,000 to make sure that regardless of your immigration status, when community colleges become free next year, yes. um, that there is room for you to go there and to get money to do that. And then a million dollars for birth equity. This oh, is like, that's amazing. Black women and brown women are, are dying in Massachusetts and all across this country because of preventable um, things being done to us and because of racism and they're not listening to us. So I say all of that to say that um, it's tiring. There are it's days, tiring. like I started this podcast with you earlier, I'm not having the best day. I'm having a hard day. I'm sleepy. I am tired. I've got a to-do list that I could write all over my walls, right? And feeling like, oh, shit, like, damn, am I really going to be able to show up for myself the way that I want to show up for myself? And so my best year this year is I'm going to take the trip I want to take the trip, if I want to take the trip. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have joy in this job. And if that joy. means... If that means means that I'm going to Silk or I'm going to Pearl or I'm going to Grace or Estella or Hugh, all those black mm -hmm. owned spaces. And you see me having a glass of wine, join me. Okay? <laughs> okay. Join me. Okay? Yeah. Because I am going to enjoy myself. And if someone doesn't feel like that's becoming of a senator or that's not something that they would do, okay. I'm going to have a good time while I'm leading with my community. That's just what's going to happen. And my best year, I think, besides the travel, which gives me a lot of peace, besides the enjoying myself and infusion joy, I'm going to try really, really hard this summer to rest. Um, because I don't know who I've been trying to prove my leadership to, but I have been grinding at both ends. And to be honest, when you're exhausted and you're empty, you can't serve people well. Seriously. So although I struggle with self-care, I get a box every month uh, from She Matters. Support her too. Mm -hmm. okay. so you're going to listen to Clara's Create Your Best Life podcast. Create Your Best Year. Okay, best year. I'm saying not so life. We're going to take it brick by brick. <laughs> then you're going to do something that like helps you like self-care, like joy, joy, rest. And I just think that like pouring into yourself is super important. Like it changes your life. And with the She Matters box, well, give me one second. Cause I got to show y'all. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. We're, we're getting live and personal. <laughs> So th this is my She Matters box. Ooh. Now, I get one of these every month, and it has self-care items. These are all the items I have not used, okay? Oh, oh you got the scrub. The, the yes, so I got to join yes. this off. And I say this because I get this box every month, but I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with the box. And so I often gift forward to people like oh hey my little cousin comes over my friend i'm like get something in the box but i am determined that to be able to live my best year i've got to actually do the thing that i'm telling other people to do so i'm sitting here live and direct i'm gonna use my cucumber stuff i'm gonna get like the scrub down okay okay that's my best year.
So we're gonna we're gonna be holding you accountable to joy, rest, doing the things that you're telling people to do. You're going to take the trip. You're going to do everything with joy. Um, you're gonna continue designing your best self. And the other thing I, I wanted to mention, I, I always like to mention what I'm hearing that is not being said, is you know the the love that you do this work with. You know, I just really want to highlight that because the only way I see this being sustainable, when I see you being at a million places, Liz, I'm like, it's because the only reason is because you do it with love. And that is very, very palpable. And I just want to mention that because, you know, on, on, the, on days like this, when you're tired and you're like, I could really use rest, but I have stuff to do, right? It is love, the love for our people, the love for making a difference, the love for justice um, that you and I both share, the love for uplifting people. And um, I, I'm, I just, you know, I'm so grateful um, for, for this conversation, but I'm really grateful just for you, for your example, for what you're doing in the world, Liz. Um, just know that, man, it is making, I mean, you know, you know it's making a difference, but for us watching and, um, you know, and, and attempting to, in, to inspire an impact, um, you know, you're, you're paving the way. So thank you. Thank you, and I I want to say because I know we've come to the end and and um, we're going, and I just want to say you matter. You know, like I'm so glad we got to do this. I hope we get to do a part two. Uh, but this idea of like you asking the question of me five six years ago was actually the thing that pushed me to want to show up differently for myself, you know? I didn't know that my brother's death would, would change my life in the way that it did. But what I did know by then was that I needed to live. And, and when I went to the board that had just hired me for this company, for this organization for me to lead, and I, I told them, I think I wanna run for office even though that was a very difficult thing to say to them, I knew then that I had to, right? There was like, I was, I might've lost. I didn't know how to run a campaign. I didn't know how to write a bill, but I was gonna do it scared. And so I wanna thank you for posing the question mm. and call, calling me into question around how do you actually create your best year? And in ending, I just wanna say, that the question that we came up with today, mm -hmm. who are you afraid to be, that you've been called to be, is the thing that I hope that we all um, take from this. Because um, you dropped a lot of gems and I, I hope I dropped a few. But this idea is all of us have a child who's scared inside of us, who's always wanted to be a chef, always wanted to take a cruise who's always wanted to go back to school. And we, we have a million and one reasons why those things can't happen. But I want, I want you to think about the one reason why it can't happen. Yeah. Yes. One reason is you. And sometimes we don't think we have enough energy or determination or patience or, or love in us, but we do. And so what, what if you fail? I talked about failure 
Like I literally came back home without a dollar to my name and I had to rebuild everything in my life. And, and, and if you fail, it's okay. You learn, you can take the brick and, and, you know, use it in your life. So I want to thank you for today. And I hope uh, that folks continue to watch this and share this conversation. And I hope us being honest and showing up as our authentic selves shares with someone that like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, you don't have to do it alone. You can feel the fear and do it anyway. You can use um, what's weighing you down to lift you up and bring other people up with you. And if you're really looking for your series about really achieving your goals, awakening to your purpose, um, please reach out. Uh, we have a whole team of coaches waiting to help you in any area of your life. Um, Liz, I am so grateful. I am so thankful. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, yeah, we're going to share this far and wide. And um, I hope that um, this conversation has left you refreshed. It has. And I want folks to know where to find you. So if you could just let my people know oh, yeah. you in the chat, um, that would be yeah. awesome. Thank you, everybody who's been consistently listening. Yeah. And if you'd like to reach out to me too. Um, Instagram is R-E-P-L-I-Z Miranda. Thank Elon Musk for me not being able to change it to Twitter. <laughs> so oh I'm not a rep anymore. And I promise you, mostly like once a week, someone says something to me. And I'm like, I'm going to get it together. I might have to rebuild it. But um, just um, thank you all for being a great audience and peace and grace and love and have a great day. Yes, thank you. Bye. Talk soon. Thank you. Okay, friends, thank you so much for being with us. To learn how you can create your best year, get the book, take the course, and learn more, visit clarifying.com. That's C-L-A-R-A-F-Y-I-N-G.com. And remember, let the universe hear what you want this year.